Hi, this is Stuart Weems, and thanks for listening to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy-to-understand insights, strategies, and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, what I'd like to talk about or give you a bit of an update on is some borrowing capacity changes that have occurred probably over the last couple of years challenges, changes, things to be aware of, those sorts of things. So firstly, I'd say that that how you structure your loans can have a massive impact on things like the interest rates that you pay, your borrowing capacity, your cash flow, taxation liabilities, and ultimately really your ability to implement your um, financial plans. Um, So getting professional loan structure advice is really important. And one of the reasons why I wrote Smart Borrowers Handbook a few years ago that sort of covered off on a whole bunch of loan structuring um, things. So I want to talk about a couple of different points in this podcast. Uh, Firstly, I want to talk about when uh, a situation where one spouse wants to go and buy an investment property that's solely in their name and they might need the other spouse's income to qualify for loan, or they might want to borrow against equity in existing property that's jointly held with their spouse. And in the past, it hasn't uh, uh, caused any issues, but certainly now how in this tighter credit environment, it can cause some issues. So let's talk about um, where you need the income. So uh, I go off and buy an investment property, but I can't qualify for a loan by my, myself with my own income. I need to have my wife involved for example. So in that situation, you've got two options, uh, two options to kind of address this. The first thing is that my wife can go on title of the property and they might only have to have a nominal interest, let's say 1%. So I might buy the property 99% in my name, 1% in my wife's name. And then in that situation, lender's more open to using my wife or rely upon my wife's income because now she's got an economic interest in the property. But in the absence of having an economic interest, the bank will turn around and say, well, why should we accept her income or why should she be liable for 100% alone when she has no ownership of the property, despite you either being married or de facto? The second alternative is just to use equity in an existing jointly owned asset, in which case, for example, our home, I could go and borrow against our home, get a joint loan to do that and go and buy the investment property myself. The second issue is where um, I need to use uh, equity in existing property. That's a simpler one to solve. All I would do is split the loan. So I'd get an 80% loan just solely in my name, secured solely by the new investment property. And for the 20% plus costs, I'd go and borrow against an existing asset. Um, and again, that loan would be joint in joint name, secured by a joint asset. Uh, so that's relatively easy. Just split, split the loans out. Um, It brings up a good point. Does the loan names make a difference? So if I have a joint loan um, fund to fund a a property that's solely in my name, well, there's lots of different rulings. There's a tax ruling uh, 93 slash 32, and there's a few private binding rulings that suggest that the commissioner's view in respect to this um, is that the the names on the loan don't really matter. What really matter is who's making the repayments and who owns the asset. So... um, as long as I own the asset, you know, I'm on title and so forth. And as long as I'm making the repayments, so I might have a joint loan, but as long as the interest repayments are coming from an account that's solely in my name, or at least that account matches the ownership name, then that'll be fine. So we don't need to get too bogged down on who's in the loan. The other point I'd like to make now is that cross-securitization is, um, is an insidious thing anytime, but it's something that we need to be even uh, more aware of in today's 
tightening credit environment. So cross-securitization is really just where you've got a, a, a loans relying upon more than one property as security. So a common situation might be you have an, inv- uh, an investment loan and that's secured by both the investment property and the home. It's cross-secured. And it really does reduce your flexibility amongst other things. And in this uh, tight credit environment, as I keep saying, uh, what we want to do is maintain flexibility. We want to maintain flexibility, use certain lenders in certain orders because that can help us maximise our borrowing capacity. So beware of cross-securitisation. And the last thing I want to talk about is interest only versus principal and interest. So um, over the last probably 15 years or so, I would have always recommended going interest only because it really gives you the best of both worlds. You can always make principal repayments if you want to, but you can also elect to just repay interest only as well. Um, but now, or at least over the last 12 months, lenders have been increasing their interest rates in respect to interest-only loans, and the difference between an interest-only interest rate and a principal in, and interest interest rate, that's a, that's a mouthful, uh, is about half a percent now. So depending on your situation, your goals, your cash flow, and those sorts of things, it might actually might start making sense to switch over to principal interest and get the lower interest rate. And certainly if you're coming towards the end of your acquisition phase, uh, investment acquisition phase, then it would probably make sense to do that, uh, assuming that you've measured your cash flow impact at higher interest rates. Uh, there are alternative structures to consider that give you the best of both worlds. One, maintain your cash flow at an interest-only level, but then uh, allow you to get the lower principal interest uh, interest rate. Now, that doesn't; uh, those sort of structures won't be appropriate for everyone, and, and really, there's something we need to look on, uh, look at, it on a case by case basis. So that just gives you a sort of brief update on some sort of loan structure and tax consequence consequence issues. Um, I've provided links, as always, in the show notes. So if you want any more information, you can certainly get it there. Okay, bye for now.